Hello and welcome to Swapping Joysticks. And it is the 18th of May, 2023. I am your host with the most... The most what? The most beautiful co-host, Ed Nightingale. How are you doing, Ed? So you're Ed Nightingale. You didn't say I'm Biggest Menace? No. Yeah, I, I thought you would introduce me. I have to introduce you every time, so maybe That's well. true. And you are the lead role in Swapping Joysticks, Biggest Menace. I'm not the lead role. I'm the one that... I'm the facilitator. I'm the lubricant in this. I allow Ed to slide in with his opinions. That is me. And fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> it is a terrible, terrible opinion. We can't start again. <laughs> no, we're not. That is going... We've ne- we never cut... You know this. We're on like nearly 100 episodes now, and we're not... Yeah, we don't do any... You know, retakes. Even in when we do the... And there's no editing either. There's no, well, you do nothing. You've seen me. I put a little song at the beginning. <laughs> it's not editing. It is. <laughs> yeah, because I have to kind of cut the silence off at the beginning. Do you fart? No. Oh. Cut the silence I'm off at the beginning. my tea. And the end. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, but yeah, so welcome to the uh, to Swapping Joysticks, sponsored by Durex. I wish. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we are, uh, this is a, supposed to be a gaming podcast, and I mean, today we'll probably be quite gaming, because the, there has been a little release that came out. Um, you, you had a little release this week? Oh, uh, I should be so lucky. Oh, mm, well. Um, but I'll, yeah, but yeah, welcome. This is Swapping Joysticks. We talk about video games, streaming, whatnot, uh, LGBTQA stuff. That's it, really. LGBTQA. Qua, yeah, that needs to be pronounced, how it's pronounced. LGBTQA. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's Swedish, right? Oh so, um, <laughs> yeah. Swedish. it is. I think they were singing at uh, the Eurovision last uh, last Saturday. Um, but yeah, we're gonna be talking about all sorts of stuff. How have you been, Ed? How's your week been? It's been good. It's been good. Um, I felt very sad at the start of the week. Oh, um, because we had a week off last week, and then. Week off work, but we didn't have a week off streaming. No, but then Monday was, oh, back to work. And even though that literally just means coming here to work as opposed to play video games. Can what, Now you're on my leg. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'm really tall. Um, yes, I, I moved the camera tall. slightly and I went down and, yeah, and my, for those of you your who can't. what? My, my, what's it called? Why are you arm looking rest. down saying? My armrest squished sure. your little... My armrest. Little, scr- yeah, Not well, a euphemism. Your little scrawny um, legs. Anyway, <laughs> then Monday was like end of holiday, back to work. It's the end of Eurovision week. So, yeah, it was it was sad on Monday. But now yeah. it's Thursday and it's nearly the weekend. Yeah, and I've got loads of stuff next week. So it's like the stress is building a little bit. But it's also like waiting for things to do and uh, manage time management, and which I'm not good at. Uh, Were you happy that Loreen and Sweden won Eurovision? Yes. And I don't think As any, you should be. Like, honestly, though, some people just get kind of, they're just like an argument. Like, there were people t- today, I, I stupidly went on Twitter at, like, seeing what people were saying about the Spanish Eurovision entry, because somebody posted it and had lots of replies. And I I'd wondered, just like to say oh, I actually quite liked it, even though nobody else did. Oh, no, no, some of the rest of the world did. Um, Latin America, I think, voted for it a lot. Well, I'm with you, Latin America. Yeah. But now, I remember playing... And I remember, no, I saw this tweet and I looked at the replies and it was just like, no, it was, there was lots of people just going, 
no, it, it's objectively a good song. And I'm like, no, that's an opinion. It's not objective. Like you can't objectively, it's objectively, you know, really like it's music. It's not like, I don't know. Can you, you could say something is an objectively bad game. I think if it doesn't run and it runs badly and crashes and stuff like that. Or maybe not a bad game for the game part of it. That would be like the performance is objectively bad. But you can't, yeah, you can't just say you'd have to be specific. A song is objectively good. It's just, no, that doesn't make sense. Opinion. Yeah. Um, but no, I, like it's, there's a like Spanish Eurovision fans on Twitter are one of the worst and most annoying people you'll find. You have said this to me multiple times. Yeah. And, and it was reinforced today. Sorry. To all of our Spanish listeners. No, no, no. I was speaking. We were speaking. <laughs> actually, I think it was because we met a friend uh, who was from Spain. And we were discussing, I think, before you got there. And he was like, no, it, it was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. And I mentioned about the Twitter followers. And that is like, oh, yeah, they're like rabid. And I mean, yes, they are. They, he's they, also a Spanish man living in England. So he's basically British now. Well, you can say that to him. <laughs> uh, but he, yeah, no, it was, it was interesting to see how they went completely different to Chanel from last year. And then to this year, they went kind of, I keep forgetting that Chanel exists. And then you go back and watch the video and you're like, fuck me. That was good. That is like, it's getting into the same league as Fuego. Mm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Not quite. At least she can sing it live. Well, Fuego, not so much. At least Fuego is a good song. Yeah. Fuego was a better song, but yeah, but Chanel was better uh, live. That's why I didn't particularly like Fuego wow. the first time I heard it, because I was like, this isn't really good. Opinions up in here. Yeah. But no, I don't understand also people that whine about Lorene winning, and like she won the jury vote, and she came second in the public vote. So, and then whereas... I mean, that tracks for a winner. Whereas Finland came like, where in the jury vote? Oh, like fifth, or fourth or fifth, I think. Oh, I thought it was a bit lower. No, no, no. They, were still, they still did well in the jury vote. Okay. It's just that they were exceptional in the public vote. Yeah. And the public are arrogant enough to think mm. that their vote matters more than the jury. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, the public vote need to, it needs to be more. And I'm like, did you see what happened last year? The public gave every single 12 to Ukraine. Mm. It was it the best song. I no. liked it, but I don't think it particularly was. It was not. The thing it is won like, for a good reason. Yeah, but obviously. Not because it was a good song. Well, I think if Ukraine hadn't won, though, Spain would have won overall because they had a higher percentage and of the public that's vote. that's why they're salty. Yes. Yeah, they're still angry. Well, maybe. We'll see next year. Maybe they'll bring something better than whatever it was this year. Well, hopefully the UK can as well. Yeah. We need to have a song that can be sung. Like, it needs to be sung well, live. That's literally it. Aselius says Finland did, sorry, Sweden did come second in the televotes, but 133 points behind. It's the way it is, though. It's the way it is. Yeah. But um, no, actually, I was listening to the uh, UK song in the gym today, and I'm like, it's like 70% of it is actually quite good, but I don't like the part of the chorus that's kind of. I like the da 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 da. That bit. The what bit? Da 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 da. I literally don't know what bit that is. No. Um, no idea. I can't sing. But no, Clearly. the main chorus where she says, I wrote a song, that bit's crap. But like it, the whole thing was sung badly. I think it would have been done a lot better if she could sing. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of songs in the gym, the Finnish song is excellent to run to. 
I see. I use the cross trainer. It's like it's like the perfect speed for running. Cha 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 cha. No, actually, no. It was that one I was doing on the cross trainer, and it worked because I normally do it, and it pops up, and it's like a hundred RPM or whatever. And I was doing it to cha cha cha, and I noticed it was constantly at 120. It's like this is okay. This is good. I was knackered and dripping in sweat. Tattoo afterwards. is also a good one. It, it is. There you go. It's like perfect running speed. I can, I can only keep it up for three minutes. Yeah. Also, like it's also running. I was listening. <laughs> three minutes. I should be so lucky. <laughs> like the um, the Irish one was actually really. I really like the studio version of that. It sounds really good. Mm. And that was enjoyable running too, and quite euphoric and anthemic. All that it was. But um, I'd also like to say that in the final, Austria and France were utterly robbed and deserved to be a lot higher. But also robbed in the second semi was Iceland because that song is actually really good and she sang it amazingly. As, mu as much as it was like budget Robin, it's actually a really good song and she absolutely deserved to be in the final at the very least. Mm. Yeah. Uh, apparently Connie Crossing put on uh, her neighbor's wireless speakers during cha-cha-cha and they pooped themselves. <laughs> great. That's great. I love that you got access to your neighbor's wireless speakers. Just start playing you know, Hardcore pornography and stuff like that through it. Yeah, that's, that's in fact don't. Fun. That's probably a crime. No, that's much more fun. Ah, <laughs> right, yeah, it's probably a crime though. So maybe don't. Um, yeah, right. I think yes. Yeah, some people are still salty about Sweden uh, winning, but you know what? I'm glad they did. I'm very happy, and I'm looking forward to maybe going to Sweden next year. I'd like to try it anyway. Yeah, even if we just can get to the fan village for the final showing, I mean that month we'll would be fun. We'll spend a weekend in Stockholm or wherever it is. Thank you. We'll be. I think we'll, they've been preparing. We'll Stockholm go to the fan village. We'll eat lots of meatballs, and it will be amazing. I want some surströmming, and then I I can try and perfect my meatball recipe. Yeah, because I'm still working on it. Yeah. Um, the meat, the meatballs this time were good. They just fell apart a bit when I cooked them. Yeah, you're blaming West Manovich for them, aren't you? I'm, well, I didn't want to name names. Um, you blaming the Swedish person, the Swedish person's grandma. You're blaming an old, no, old, old grandmother, old Swedish grandmother. I'm sure it's an excellent recipe, and it, they did taste very good. I think I need to perfect the way I cook them. Yeah, that's true. That's the that's keep the practicing. Thing. I'll keep tasting. You'll keep eating them. Yep, excellent. Full of balls in one way or another. Yep. I'll, you know, put the balls in. That's... I would never bash your granny, Westman. Yeah, no granny, but no granny bashing. I think, honestly, <laughs> I think they were, taste-wise, I think they were much better than what I usually do. It's just, I think I need to be more careful when, either more careful when cooking them or I need to squish them together a bit more. Um, yeah, they were they yeah. were very delicate in a good way. I was just about to say, yeah, we, we spoke about Eurovision last week because we'd been on the Tuesday, but the, the actual show hadn't been on yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, K-Truth went as well. But like, yeah, the fan village and the people of, of Liverpool were just were lovely. It was mm. really enjoyable. And I'd quite like to go to Liverpool again. Oh. For what? A, a reason. I wouldn't go for no reason. Well, there are two reasons to go to Liverpool. Football. Football. Beatles. And the Beatles. That's it. And which do you prefer? Neither. Oh. Well, I'd choose the Beatles over football, but yeah. I'm not the biggest of Beatles fans. No? No. If I have to go to another British concert or watch a British show with... Oh, Ed, just... No, Ed, just let it be. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. Uh... It was great. We were on the train back and we looked out out the train window and it was just strawberry fields. 
forever, as far as the eye could see. <laughs> Please uh, stop. Just imagine. I know Help. that wasn't the Beatles. <laughs> That's me. That's my Beatles reference. Help. Help. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, well, this is very, very high. Um. Yeah, that was the, we, the games things. That's what we talk about normally, isn't it? That's true. What else are we doing? We haven't done well, anything something else then. happened last week that was a very big release. Um, Go on then, tell us about it. Well, it's what it's what we're all going to talk about. Zelda, Zelda, but Zelda, Zelda. Before we get to that, I've been playing another game this week as well. Okay, what have you been playing, Ed? Um, because we'll edge you on Zelda a little bit more. Um, I, this week, finally finished Bloodborne. And I've been playing it. I can't actually remember when I started it. I started it on stream. I've been doing it once a week. It was, it was like February, maybe, I think that I started it. Um, so it's been a long time. And uh, I finally finished it and the DLC. Um, and uh, I fucking loved it. Yeah. I had a great time. Um, I wanted to play it because I'd started it a couple of times, um, but really struggled to get into it compared to... Um, Demon Souls and Dark Souls and Elden Ring, um, and having played through Elden Ring last year for 110 hours or whatever it was, I was like, right, now is the time to finally go back and play Bloodborne, um, and I really, really enjoyed it. For some reason, it just clicked with me this time, like it hasn't previously, and I think, I think in comparison to Elden Ring, because I think what it's what it's made me sort of consider is is sort of where does Bloodborne sit in my ranking of Souls games. Um and I think I do still prefer Elden Ring overall. Um even though it has its problems. I think Elden Ring, I really I just generally prefer um the sort of dark fantasy more than the like Victorian gothic um Lovecraftian kind of vibe. So generally I prefer that kind of fantasy stuff. Also, Elden Ring has more um, has more variety in it uh, and more freedom to choose different classes. Um, and can you stop playing with your food and chat? Food? So there was somebody trolling and saying, fuck mods. And I was like, I did. One of them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Elden Ring has a lot more freedom with your classes. You can be magic. You can use different weapons. And there's loads of different, you know classes and types of types of character you can be um whereas bloodborne feels much more focused in on melee combat um there are alternatives but it feels very focused on melee the thing is the melee combat feels incredible um essentially mm. when it came out the reason they had the combat the way it is is because in dark souls everyone kept using a shield to block and so it was very defensive and they wanted people to be more um aggressive so they basically got rid of shields and said, there's no way to, to to shield. So you either have to dodge or you have to parry. And parrying is done with a gun. And you have to shoot them in the face at the right time. But mm. once you get the timing of that right, it feels incredible. It's really, really satisfying. And I think that didn't click for me when I previously played. And this time it just, for some reason, really clicked. And I really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, it's great. And I finally got through it all. It is violent and gruesome and weird. I still could not tell you what the story is about. At the end of it, I turned into a slug. Apparently, that's a good ending. Um, the DLC was very, very hard. Yeah, um, you cheated to get very through it. hard. Well, I didn't want to cheat. I think you might mention this, didn't you? 
What, last week? Maybe. No, I don't think I talked about it last week. Okay. Um, I didn't want to cheat. Basically, I got to Orphan of Cost, which is the last boss of the DLC, which I'm pretty sure is the hardest boss in the game. And at first I was struggling, and then I learned the pattern, and I was like, okay, I've got this, I've got this. And I was doing, like, the visceral attacks, which is where you parry and, and stab them. It was all going well. And then obviously halfway through, the boss transforms into some ultimate form that is just impossible. And I was trying and trying and could not do it. And so with all the Souls games, you can then summon in other people online to help you, which is, you know, a valid method of getting through the game. You've if said str- if you're struggling on your own. You've not said that. No, no. I've not. Because I generally prefer to do it myself. I don't want and to. And you look down help. on I, people that summon people in. No, I don't look down on other people. I you did. feel ashamed of myself. I know my... somebody you did look down on. We don't talk about that. Um <laughs> So I feel slightly ashamed of myself for doing it, but it's fine for other people to do it. But I was like, I, I am not going to get through this boss unless I summon help. So I summoned in help and it was some idiot because you can summon in uh, computer people at certain places. But for this boss in particular, you can't. So you can only summon an actual human. And someone came in and basically glitched the game and killed the boss in about three hits, which was not what I wanted. What I wanted was like a sort of, an epic battle that was a struggle between the two of us, but we came together and we killed the boss. And instead he just spaffed on it three times and it died. Um, And I was very disappointed, Mm. but it meant I got through it. And then the final boss of the base game I did first time. Oh, well, one of them I did first time and then I did second time. Mm. Um, So yeah, it was, it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I still think I, like I say, I preferred Elden Ring um, I'd say it's it's definitely up there as like top three Souls games. It is mm. very, very good. I had a great time playing it. I'm now a little bit done with Souls for a while. Um, after all of Elden Ring this last year and Bloodborne this year. So I'm a bit done with it now, but I had a great time. So yeah, if people, maybe Elden Ring was your first Souls game and you're thinking, oh, maybe I want to play one of the other Souls games. Bloodborne is a really nice um sort of contrast in that its tone is different and the way you play it is different, but it's still soulsy. And I think if you liked Elden Ring, you could well enjoy Bloodborne. So yeah, I will, I would definitely recommend it. Did you uh, have to summon in help to defeat the final boss in Elden Ring? Can you stop calling me out, please? Just, it's a valid thing. We were talking with somebody who works at PlayStation and they said that like a lot of the games that they play, they play on very easy. It is just because someone works in the industry doesn't mean they're good at games. And? <laughs> well, yeah, it means yeah. nothing that he works for PlayStation. It's just, it's you can you can be good at your job in terms no, of management and marketing. Valid, doesn't mean you're good at I'm video not saying games. It's like, no, I just think it's a very valid way of playing a game. You don't have to be amazing to complete a game. No, of course. The right way. There's no right or wrong way of completing a game. No. And you want to summon in... At some point, I would like to do the final boss in Elden Ring myself. But after 110 hours of slogging through it, even though I enjoyed it, slogging through it, getting to that final boss for like three hours on my own, I just got to the point I was like, someone's going to have to do this for me. And they did. And I finished it and I saw the credits. Mm. I was very happy. Yeah. I remember I was playing Neo. And I, the first major boss where he's there with his big balls in a very mm. small area. You're like in a small, I think you're on a ship in a small room. And then there's this 
giant monster with balls being thrown around everywhere. And I was like, this is just really like, and it screwed me over so many times. And then I summoned somebody in and still we couldn't beat them. And then eventually beat it on my own. But like, it doesn't always help. Perseverance and patience. And are grinding. The, are the two major skills in a Souls game. I just grinded it a lot. All that. Um, are you are you going to play Elden Ring at some point? Yeah, I'm thinking of doing a playthrough of Elden Ring, but I was going to do it like on my Tuesdays because I do... Thursdays are obviously swapping joysticks and our quick look and everything. Um, and then Tuesdays and Sundays are my other two stream days. So Sundays, I'm back this week. Coming up is Final Fantasy XIV. I'm going to get back into it. I'm going to be playing as a summoner. Uh, I'll talk probably talk about that in a second. Um, but my Tuesday stream was going to be something like, I was thinking about maybe Elden Ring. But actually, I think I might save the Elden Ring playthrough for like Sunday, like once we're at a break in Final Fantasy again. Um, that will take you to the rest of the year. You realize that? What will Elden Ring? Yeah. yeah, but, well, not if I do a lot of stuff off stream. But I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet, but like, because I think Tuesdays I, sh I might kind of go back to some kind of community, multiplayer, that kind of thing. Because it's, it's missing at the moment from my streams and that's what I used to really love. Well, I, I still do, but... Oh. Yeah, no, like some Animal Crossing, some maybe Mario Kart, maybe even Party Animals whenever it comes out. Mm. Mm. Do, we ever, do we even know when that's coming out? No. Uh, well, hopefully that will come out soonish. Mm. Why don't you tell us about summoning? It's <laughs> a funny face you were pulling. Summoning. I was just listening. Okay, yeah. Fi um, Final Fantasy fourteen is the game that I've been playing most of in the last week. Oh, funny that. More than Zelda. Uh, I've actually been playing, yeah, I've played a lot more Final Fantasy fourteen than Zelda since it came out. Um, I've decided to, yeah, because I'm playing fourteen and I played as a warrior through my 2.0 playthrough. For those who don't know, I'm playing, uh, I'm doing a full playthrough of the story only, or the main quest only of Final Fantasy fourteen every Sunday. Uploads to YouTube, so if you want to check it out, go to youtube.com slash biggestbenis. And I finished 2.0, 2 um, but I know that the next part is like a big patch. It's like, well, it's the, all the patches from between 2.0. It's the 2 .0. most boring thing. It's not boring if you've got friends. Um, so I, I went... Don't have friends. Don't it was friends. really boring. <laughs> yeah. But I'm... So what I've been doing... Well, so I did that as a warrior, but I, I, I was a little bit bored of playing as a warrior. And tank's okay, but it can be a little bit stressful. Because you're kind of like people depend on you. Whereas if you DPS, they don't. So I was like, I'm going to try a DPS. But I'm going to try a DPS one that I wasn't, which is the like. Oh, sorry. There's my uh, dinner. It was lovely. It's nice. Even nice the second. Back up. No, that dinner. I, it was even nicer the second time. Lovely. Um, But I, yeah, so I've been playing as Warrior. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go for DPS, which is a bit more chilled. And maybe for me, it's a little bit more fun and a little less pressure. So I tried a black mage because I've never done that before. And it was just really boring. I was just like pressing two buttons over and over again. And they gave me like five extra things. And I was like, well, I don't... Spells. Spells. Yeah, whatever. Abilities. Abilities. And I didn't really know when to use them. Or a lot of them, a lot of guys I looked at, they were like, yeah, you don't really need to use them except in these specific situations. But as someone who has played a lot of the main game as a samurai, I really wanted to kind of... I'd love like, having a rotation or you're building it and you can see and it, and it just works and you're kind of building things up so that you can get these very strong attacks. And Black Mage just wasn't doing it for me. So, because like with, um, when you're playing as a samurai, you have a certain number of abilities to get, there are like three, 
things you have to light up on the screen. And you do a certain combination to light one of them up, another, com another combination to light another up, and then another combination to light the third one up. And then once all three are lit up, you can do a really strong attack and like just building that up and then unleashing it and seeing all these people on your team chipping away at an enemy and then you just unleash that and it takes out like a quarter of the health. It's great fun. Um, whereas Summoner, and yeah, so then what I did, I went, I was like, Black Mage isn't doing it for me. So I asked on Twitter and everybody suggested, well, not everybody, it was a bit close, but people- I suggested you should be a healer. Yeah, fuck that. I'm not a bomb. <laughs> um, and then people suggested Summoner and they said Summoner was really interesting. So I played as a Summoner and I'm really loving it. And yeah, it is similar- Step away from the Summoner. No? No. Oh my God, that's from your favourite game. 10. Yeah. Oh. It's been, Do I've, you not remember that? I played Final Fantasy X That's at release. Like the meme quote from that. I don't remember anything. I thought the meme was ha 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 ha. Well, that's one of the memes. Okay. But yeah. no, it's like it's it's right at the start when you go and see Yuna and she's doing something and there's some old woman and when you walk towards Yuna, the old woman goes, Step away from the seminar. I don't and follow just... memes. <sighs> I played that game at release. That I was tried, so folks, long folks, ago. It was I on tried, PS2. I tried. Like 20 years ago. Um... How do I, oh, sorry, I don't remember a quote from 20 years ago of a game that I played once. Uh, That's your favourite game. It was my favourite game, and I played it once. It still and you still don't the remember it? No, I don't. Do you remember every... Well, I'm not going to ask you. Uh, <laughs> you probably know the do. answer. Yeah. Uh, but I'm... Yeah, no, so I've been playing it something now, and See, it's Chats really... I'm good with the impression. Yeah, you are. You've got Thanks. a funny little voice. Yeah. Um... But I'm, yeah, really loving it. It's similar to Samurai in the fact that, like, there's certain rotations. And, yeah, you are... So to summon, because obviously it's like, summoner, you're going to be, you know, bringing in those giant... What are they called? Summons? Yeah, no, but you know, like the... <laughs> Creatures? No, icons? Icons or whatever they're called on... Um, what are they pa, called? Pa, pa. What are they called in 14? Uh... Primal. Primals, yeah. Yes. It was a P. So you're like, are you gonna summon in a primal? And it's like, oh yeah. So anyway, what I've what you do is you kind of set a a thing in motion. So you start your summon, and then while your summon is loading, you can do some extra attacks with your attack button, or you can do a little stronger attacks with your attack button. And then once it's fully loaded, you've got access to your three summons, and eventually it builds up so that you've got fire uh, well, red, orange, and green. And Eventually, they start with little carbuncles that can do that you summon and can Aww. do little attacks. And then eventually, the red carbuncle turns into Ifrit, the god of fire. The um, yellow one or the topaz one turns into uh, Titan. And then the green one, I think, will turn into Garuda, maybe? I'm not sure. I haven't got it yet. It's uh, 45, and I'm currently at level 42 um, or 3. Where is Shiva? Well, maybe that's later on. Who knows? But I'm, uh, no, it's like a new summon kind of mini versions of them, uh, which is really, really cool. And apparently I think later on when you like a really high level, they are a bit more powerful. But I'm, no, I'm just, I'm really enjoying it. It's a really good fun uh, one to play as. And I feel like I've learned the mechanics of that so far. And obviously it'll grow as I level up. But yeah, I'm just trying to get it to level 50 so I can go, I mean, like I'm level 43 or so. So I just need to do two or three more daily quests and by Sunday I'll be uh, I'll be ready. But yeah, it's really good fun. A question. Because my assumption about Summoner is that it would be very passive because you're just summoning a creature to do the work for you. No. But is it quite hands-on? Oh yeah, you don't really... I mean, this, 
yeah, you, you you bring in the creature and then it'll attack, but absolutely everything else is you. That's just that one thing that you do. The summon okay. will only there's only one attack so far that the summoners the sorry that the summons do for you. So, so yeah, once you've once you've summoned, once you your summoning action has gone through and then you've got the three available, you can send one and then it will go and attack. But you'll also have like three or five maybe related uh attacks for them. It's hmm. yeah, it, it's difficult it's one of those yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen is very difficult to explain. Um and it's like just go play it and enjoy it because it's a brilliant game and I just really love it. And on PS5 it runs like butter. Which you'd expect it to, but it's it is You would. <laughs> well yeah you would, but it's also nice to like have a really constant frame rate except for when you're in a really, really busy area like Limsa. Very nice. But I will I'm sure for the next few months I'll be keeping you updated on the patches. Not too much, don't worry. Good. All right, go on then. What are we talking about? Well, we should talk about a little game called Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, that came out. It did. It came out on Friday. and uh, Just after, like hours after our podcast. So yeah. well, at least we've had an hour, uh, a week to play. Well, yeah, we've had we've had plenty of time with it. I think I've played it quite a bit more than you. Um so yeah, I guess we will talk maybe about what our thoughts are, what we've done so far. Um, we'll keep it spoiler free, I guess. In yeah, terms I mean, I've of, not like, really played story. Any. I've, I'm a, when it comes to the actual story, I'm probably about ten hours in, if that, if that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Five maybe. <laughs> so yeah, we will we will talk about our experience, but keep it kind of spoiler free, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you enjoying it so far? I am enjoying it. It's it's great. It's more I say it's more Breath of the Wild, but actually they have added plenty of new things to it. Obviously, like the uh, abilities that you had, so your like magnesis and your uh, the bombs and the stasis stasis are, uh, are eliminated and they've gone, and you've got some new skills. And uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying using those. You have to be quite creative with some of them, and I also find that the shrines are a bit more difficult this time round as well. Mm. Um. But other than that, it's, yeah, it is a, I'm having a lot of fun going for the, uh, like just going exploring. Uh, but right now I do feel a bit underpowered for like just wandering around. It's weird because I've just come out of playing Breath of the Wild where I'm going and like smacking like the goblins, the, the gray goblins um, with like three hits and, they've, and they're dying. And this time I'm going like, there's a blue one that'll pop up and end up killing me, you know, within like, one like hit. So, um, yeah, the moment it's a bit, I am definitely kind of a, a small fish right now. Mm. Um, but exp- there's just so much to explore. Like I did the first, when the game, because I did a, a midnight stream when it came out um, and played two hours and I was like, okay, I'm really focused. I want to just get off the, the starter area. Spoiler, there's one just like, just like in Breath of the Wild, there's a starter area. And so I kind of focused on the shrine so that I could leave it and did it. And it actually took about three and a half hours. But then watching you the following day play it, I was like, oh, I missed loads. Like loads and loads and loads of things I missed on there. Stuff that would actually be quite useful. Um, so I went back and uh, completed that, so to say, uh, so to speak. But yeah, it is uh, it is a very, very fun game. Mm. What about, what do you think? Go on, tell us. I hate it. Yeah. No, I'm joking. Um I I wasn't super keen at first. I think for me it's been a bit of a slow burn. Um, 
which is annoying because like Zelda's my favorite series and I have very high expectations of it, I think. Um, so I went into it really wanting to love it and it just didn't, didn't quite grab me at the very beginning. Um, there is a little beginning bit and then you're on that opening area. Um, and going through that, I just, it, for some reason it just didn't gel with me. I think I really like the, the aesthetic of the sky. It's kind of really melancholic and autumnal and really beautiful. Um, and as with Breath of the Wild, it's a great training area for your abilities. But it also just follows the same formula of here's an opening area that you can't leave because you can't fall off it. And you've got to do four shrines to collect your four abilities. And then you carry on and you collect the thing. And there's a ghostly figure helping you. And I was like, this is just Breath of the Wild with different characters and abilities. And I was quite irritated by that. Because what I really like about the Zelda series is the fact that every game is distinct. Every game is different. They all have a unique art style. They have their unique story, their unique little twists that they put on it, be it, you know, transforming into a wolf or being on the on the sea or whatever else, traveling through time. Mm. Um, and this was missing that for me. It was kind of immediately like, oh, this is just more Breath of the Wild. And I was quite disappointed by that. And then you land on Hyrule on the main, the main ground. And I was like, oh yeah, I know where I am. This is familiar. And you meet the same characters. You're like, oh yeah, I know who these are. All right. And I found it a bit disappointing. I felt a bit deflated by it. Um, as much as I love Breath of the Wild and the idea of more Breath of the Wild is a great thing, I also really want something different and something unique. And this is the first time, it's not the first Zelda sequel, but it's the first time we've had a sequel that is in the same world and very, very, very similar. Um, I'm also not a huge fan of the building, which I feel... I'm not alone, but I also feel it's a bit controversial. Um, I think, yeah, it, it, there are some people that absolutely love building and being creative, you know, the Minecraft generation, mm. uh, they love that. And I do as well, but like, I like doing that on stream and having a laugh and joking with people and building like the worst bridge possible. I, like I accidentally fused together these two brick, uh, these two like slabs, but I fused them at like right angles to each other on the corner. So, and I'm like, well, you know what, I'll, I'll try it. And I just put it across the gap and somehow it kind of balanced on there. And I actually managed to somehow get across on it. And I was like, you know what, it works. Um, but then people were just like, what, what the fuck are you doing, Ben? And, and just seeing the reaction of, oh, look at this genius over here, um, making some kind of Picasso. It was like, yeah, I am to building what Picasso is to art, something like that. It's like, you shouldn't. You should be. Yeah, that's not. You wish you were Picasso. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, it's it. It didn't serve its purpose. Mm. You're not meant to be super creative, like in in that kind of way, necessarily. When you're building something for efficiency. Mm. Um, but I was, yeah, I I I created some some daft builds. Uh, I built this weird little stagecoach type thing to stick one of the Koroks in and kind of just wheeled it across the plat uh, across the. Uh, plateau or across the uh across Hyrule fields whatever um and yeah I, yeah I, i've enjoyed it but i 
I think when I'm playing it off stream, which I'm going to do from uh, from now on, I'm just going to kind of build what I think it wants from me. I did love that there's there are these guys all around there that are holding up this sign, and it's obviously and it's missing the other part of the sign to hold it up. So he they're holding it, and your job is to use some of the items that are next to it to try and keep it to like keep it propped up. Um, and yeah, I. Yeah, as Money says, yeah, fuck you for that still. <laughs> uh, so the first person I spoke to, and I was like, oh, well, there's just like a pillar here. Or like, yeah, there's some kind of pillar. If I just propped it up against it at this right, at this correct angle, I don't need anything else. And it worked. Um, the one plank, yeah, Jake could as well, fuming. And yeah, there were people in the chat where like, I've, I've built like a whole contraption. <laughs> I built like a whole contraption for that, and I just put one plank. <laughs> Uh, Shocking. I was good at physics at school. That was my Clearly. Fa my favorite math subject. I got uh, an A. Um, whereas biology and chemistry, not as not as fun. Hmm. Mm. I think for me, I appreciate the creativity in terms of allowing people multiple ways to complete a puzzle, because I think they were leaning into that a bit with Breath of the Wild, and I like that they've leaned into it even further here. And when you go online on social media and you see these people creating these wild contraptions and all this stuff, with dicks. it prove and a lot of dicks, um, it proves like how clever the systems are and how far you can take them. And I think that's great, but it's also just not really for me. I'm not a particularly creative person when it comes to solving puzzles and games in that way. Um, I find the controls a bit fiddly. And it sometimes yeah. sticks, sticks things together and then it doesn't quite react the way you think it's going to because you, maybe I'm just not used to the physics of it yet. Um, so it's taken me a bit of time to get used to that. And the whole Korok puzzle thing of basically there are two Koroks far apart and you have to reunite them. And you can stick a Korok to something that you build. And a lot of the time it's, uh, you know, it's meant to be built, like you say, like a carriage or something that you can wheel them across the land. And it's like, why would I spend half an hour building something, sticking all these parts together, and then you put the Korok on and then it doesn't quite work, or it rolls off a cliff and you lose it all, or it just doesn't work the way you think it is, when you can literally just pick them up and just walk for a minute and then drop them. See, like, just oh, do I that. And I know that mm. it's I know that that's not what you're meant to do and it's not creative. But I don't want to waste my time building something that doesn't work. And then I just feel frustrated. The one time I did build something, I built a glider to go across the mountain. And it did work. And then that was really satisfying. Yeah. So maybe I just mm. need to get better at building, I guess. Well, so yeah, I need it, to... just, it took a long time for that to really click with me. I needed to take one across a ravine. And there were some like rail tracks. So what he wanted you to do was to put it... I was like to attach it to like this cart. And then push the cart over to the other side. And then reunite it. And I was like... No, he wants me to do that, but I'm not going to do that. So what I did is I chopped down a load of trees, made a really, really, really long pole, glued the Korok to the one end of the pole, <laughs> lifted it up and just tossed it to the other <laughs> side. Uh, and then, and it worked. <laughs> so, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Screw you. I'm not going to do what you tell me. I'm going to do something a little bit more. Yeah. Just going to do something a bit different. But would I have done that off stream? Probably not. I just enjoyed goofing around and... Uh, yeah, messing mm. with that. I will say I'm really missing bombs. You can get um, bombs, can't you? Well, you can get bombs. There are bomb flowers. But obviously that means that they're an item that are limited. So you have to keep mm. collecting them. And having infinite bombs in Breath of the Wild, 
I probably leaned on that too much, but I would complete so many things just through using bombs. Yeah. And it's kind of annoying that you can't do that anymore. Um, so, yeah, I I wasn't super keen on it at first. I had my reservations, but the more I've played it, the more I've really, really warmed to it. And I've got to a point now where I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think for me, it's just... As I said, I like a unique experience and this one has taken a bit of time for those unique intricacies, I think, to come out. Um, and I think what I really like about Tears of the Kingdom is the layers of it. Partly in terms of the world, there are literal layers to it. Um, there's up in the sky and there's the ground um, and you can move between them and, and whatever else. So it feels very vertical. Um, but also the more you play it, the more you suddenly discover something that then becomes a side quest that then leads you into something else. And like all these kind of layers kind of peel back and you're like, oh, actually there's a lot of depth to this, which I just hadn't realized when I first switched it on. Um, there's a couple of side quests that I'm really, really enjoying doing. I don't think you've got to them yet. I got but... to one where I'm a journalist, so yes. I thought you might like that. I love that one. Yeah. Um, and all it is really is just it's giving you lots of side quests to do, but it dresses it up in a way where it's kind of like you're an investigative reporter around Hyrule and you have to help Pen the bird, because of course he's called Pen, um, to like solve these little mysteries. But then you see people reading the newspaper and they then comment on what you've done. So it's kind of just like feeding back to you what you've done and it just helps to make the world feel really alive. Um I won't spoil it, but there is also a music quest that I also really like. Um, so it's like you've got Zelda, music, journalism all together. I'm like, this game was made for me. Like, yeah. it's amazing. Um, so I'm really enjoying the side quests. Um, I'm also really enjoying the story. I won't, I'm not going to say anything about the story. Um, but I enjoy that there is more story than there was in Breath of the Wild. Um, and I, so far from what I've played, I like where it's going. I will say I think there's a bit less, at least at the beginning, and this is another reason it took me time to warm to it, there's a bit less sort of drive to it at the beginning. I think Breath of the Wild, you wake up and you see Calamity Ganon around Hyrule Castle and it's like, go kill Ganon. You're like, cool, all mm -hmm. right, I know where to go. I know what I need to do. The whole game is leading towards me killing Ganon. Done. That's great. And in Tears of the Kingdom... Your quest, at least, at least initially, is find Zelda. And you're like, cool. Where is she? What what, what am I doing here? Where am I going? And as much as I'm sure at the end we'll probably kill Ganon, um, because it happens in every Zelda game, it's, there's just a bit, there's not enough drive, I think, to sort of steer you into the story. Mm. But then I've done the first of the things because there are four things to do. Yeah, um, I've done the first of the things. And once you do that, you get a massive lore dump. And then you're like, oh, okay, now I get what they're doing. And okay. I really like it. So the story, once I did that, that really clicked. And I, I wanted to save the four things I wanted to save, because that's your big story bit. And I don't want to just rush through that. I mm. want to enjoy playing the game. But I would say go to the first one quite quickly because then the game starts to make more sense as to what you're trying to do. Yeah. So now I've done that, that really helps it click with me. And from then onwards, I've now just been exploring um, 
and keep thinking, oh, I'll go and do this. And then there's like 10 other things that distract me. And then a whole side quest opens up and all this stuff happens. And it's just, like I said, it's all the little layers and intricacies and the way the, that all adds up, I think, to the world feeling more alive and feeling more I've, lived in. That's what I said to you as well. Like it felt a lot more lived in. Like straight away, as soon as you go down, it's like go to this area and it's like this kind of encampment um, or like this defense force and everybody's talking to you. And then you go into another place and there's just loads and loads of people, like loads of, yeah, non-enemies uh, and human people mm. in there as well. Like not actually, not just kind of beast tribes. I mean, Breath of the Wild was a post-apocalypse. Mm. So everyone had died. Yeah. Um, and this is now, you know, years later where the population is starting to spread out more and, you know, and is growing. So it definitely feels more alive as a world, which I quite like. One thing that's disappointed me a little bit were like the Korok missions are pretty much the same as... I mean, sorry, not the, the Korok missions where you kind of move them around is obviously new, but there are quite a lot of Korok uh, like puzzles that are just exactly the same as in the previous game. It's like, here's a circle with a missing stone and there's a stone nearby and you put it in and I'm like, okay, the, you couldn't think of anything new. There are some new ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there so are. at least it's mixed up a little bit, yeah. I think. Um, I think Debs in chat was asking, does the order of the things matter? Um, I don't believe they do. So I think you are free to do them however you like. It definitely points you. But it definitely points you in the right order or what they think is the right order. Mm. Um, even just like side the first initial side quests that you begin are all taking you in a certain direction towards one of them. And then after that, they're like, oh, I think you should go here. Um, so it does feel like it's steering you. It's got a little bit more focus in that way. Whereas Breath of the Wild was a bit more, you know you're going to end up in the middle for Ganon. But before that, you can do whatever you want. And this feels very much like we're going to steer you this way through the world. But then we're also going to pepper in loads of distractions, um, which are always super, super fun to do. So I haven't explored the map so much, but what do you think of it compared to Breath of the Wild map? Have you noticed the differences? Like I'm currently in an area that before was like I was running around and now it's like it's under, you know, a foot of snow. So... Yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of the pathways are similar, but then they may be blocked because rocks have fallen down or things have flown up in the air, sky islands and things like that. Um, so, it, yeah, it feels denser. Um, and I think things feel slightly different or there are new things in different areas. So it just makes you rethink the world um, and the environment in a different way. Um, but I also really like that there's the sky islands as well. So then it's things like, you know, you see the rocks falling from the sky where you can jump on that and use rewind to go flying back up again. And then you can go up to the sky. Um, I did that one. Something fell from the sky and I was like, Ooh, and I jumped on it and used the rewind, but it didn't go up to anything. Well, not all of them do. Some of uh, them, it's just, um, where did it fall from then? Well, who knows where it fell from? Okay. But at the very least it's taking you up if you then want to glide you know to somewhere else that's true that is pretty handy uh, still yeah. um so just the way that you have to think about the environment and not just thinking horizontally but thinking mm. vertically about moving is just incredibly clever um and that only i think becomes more apparent the more that you um the more that you play it's a solid three out of five for me i mean it's a 30 fps said it can't go any higher than a three oh, whatever it gets blocked whatever um that's the ceiling the, the other thing i absolutely love which i feel like no one else gives a shit about um is the the chanting in the shrines 
Oh, so yeah. when you finish the shrine and you see the statues and you get that like haunting sort of backwards chanting sound, I just love the sound of that. And every time it happens, you can skip it, but I never skip it. I listen to it every single time. Mm. And it's obviously like yeah, the Zonai. Yeah, it's like the Zonai haunting speech. Um, um, I just, I love that. I have to listen to it every time. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Um, this is your reward for doing exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. I think, I think overall, right now, I feel like I s- kind of prefer Breath of the Wild still. Just because it it has that spark of originality. Yeah. I'm, I'm the person who I always like the first thing in a franchise just because it's the first one and it sets the scene and it, it yeah. feels new. You know, whether that's, you know, Fellowship of the Ring is my favourite Lord of the Rings film. Um, fancy one. Or um, A New Hope is my favourite of the Star Wars trilogy because it's the first one and it sets the scene. Um, I like it though if they do, yeah, like I said, I, I like, I don't mind it as long as though it is like super different. So for example, Final Fantasy, I just joked about then, they're very different. Every single one that comes out oh, is very different. different. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, and things like, yeah, Resident Evil, eight was okay, but seven kind of did the first person thing first for me. Mm. I preferred seven. Um, and like, yeah, two was the first one I played of that version. I know, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think actually Breath of the Wild I do prefer at this moment just because it's a bit... I, I just quite like how the simplicity of it. Mm. It's like, you're just there, just go and explore. Just go around. Just go wander. Just go and explore. Run over these hills and try and get to these places. But you just explore. You're not trying to work out, oh, I need to get this rock to climb up here to get to this area. And now there's this flying islands. I don't know. It just feels a bit more kind of simple. It, it, it's got a purity to it, I think, Breath of the Wild. Mm. In that all of it's got... Everything in there is kind of needed in some way. Um, whereas Tears of the Kingdom, I don't want to say padded out for the sakes of it, but it feels like they've just added in more and they've gone more, 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 more. And even the stuff that is the same as Breath of the Wild, things like the towers, it's like, well, we still need to have towers. They still need to work in the same way to reveal the map, but we need to have a slightly different way of doing it. And it's not necessarily better. It's just different. Um, and I feel like there are lots of things in Tears of the Kingdom that are different for the sakes of it more than there being a purpose for it um, because they felt like this is a sequel. We need to do something new and do something different. But I feel like this is also me being incredibly critical about it because I do still really like what it's doing and it does still have that sense of adventure. You can just wander off in any direction and you're bound to find something to do and it's going to be fun and it's going to link into something else. Um, and I... I, I love that sense of adventure and that sense of discovery. That's what Breath of the Wild has. And this still has that, which I love. So I love this style of Zelda game. Um, I really like what it's doing. And as I said, the more I, the more I play it, the more I'm, I feel rewarded by exploring more. Um, and, you know, we're going to keep playing it the next, next few weeks, I'm sure. Yep. And once I've done more of the story bits, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy them more. I've heard that like it get, keeps getting better and better towards a really great finale. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm having a great time playing it. It just doesn't quite have the spark of originality that Breath of yeah. the Wild had, but it has its own little intricacies, which I'm learning to enjoy over time. Hmm. I, I, yeah, I really am enjoying it as well, but I, I do hope that the next game they release is something very different. Maybe not even very different. I'm happy for you know it to be an open world, but yeah, to do to make it a little bit more original. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Moni says I totally understand Eurogamers four out of five. Thank you. 
10 out of 10 it got, wasn't even my review but thank you 10 out of 10 it got on uh in edge magazine it did and also i watched um ign did a video um literally the day after it came, well, a couple of days after it came out of the top 10 zelda games and they put tears of the kingdom as number one and i'm like that's definitely recency um breath of the wild was two and then a link to the past was three, and Ocarina of Time was four, which was mm. very interesting. I mean, I would put um, yeah, two, three, and four in that order from playing ten minutes of those. Wow! I did finish Ocarina of Time, uh, Breath of the Wild though, hmm. twice. Wow! All right, so should we see what other people have been playing? I suspect we know what other people have been playing, but let's yeah. have a read through. Right. Once you get it open, here we go. Can right. You make it a bit bigger again. Okay. Always. I feel like my eyesight's going. Yeah. It's not. It's fine. It's just easier from a distance. Right. Let's go and start here. Um, Riley said, I've been obsessed with this indie game you probably haven't heard of. It's called The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Which was great, but we do love an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Please. Uh, I mean, a list. I'd love it if somebody just joined, <laughs> just answered it with like, here are the list of the five games I've played. <laughs> cool. We love an opinion at Swapping Joysticks. Please give us your long, hard, honest opinions. We love that. Riley did continue later. Not too long, Sidious. Um, Honestly, I'm at a slightly frustrating part, but only because my clumsy thumbs happen to translate to Link's feet and I keep plummeting to my death. But otherwise, I'm having fun building extra long bridges unnecessarily. That's what I did. There you go. Mm. And finding wild weapon combinations. Combat feels smoother, but I need to get more health to succeed. Can I just say, like, so far I've been playing quite a bit and I've done some combinations and I really enjoy quite, you know, the fusing. But I don't, like, none of my weapons seem to do much damage. I'm comb- I'm making these combos and it's still, here's seven damage or there are eight damage. See, I think that's on purpose because a lot of people said, oh, fusing is going to be better because of weapon degradation that people hate. And it's like, oh, but you can just keep using your weapons. And I'm like, yeah, but they still break all the time. Mm. And I just think it's really silly to walk around with like a sword with a mushroom on the end. Like, I, I couldn't give a shit about that, I, to be I've honest. got a sword with a mushroom. Wow. On the end. That's not what I meant. <laughs> uh, Mr. Wibble has also, oh, has actually been playing Breath of the Wild. Someone's catching up. Mm. Uh, and a two and a half hour flight never went by so fast. Yeah. First Zelda I'm playing and I'm enjoying it. Other than that, I've been swapping joysticks because I'm on a holiday trip. Wow. You don't have to be on a holiday to swap joysticks, Mr. Wibble. That's true. We do it here on Twitch every week. Yes. So it's not, you know, swapping joysticks is and, not just for holiday time. And on Monday nights as well. When we do our inbox. That is true. <laughs> You're like, I was like, why was it on Monday? Yes, indeed. Uh, Clues has been playing V Rising. V Rising. It's VR icing verizing vr icing um it has an update and new zone so i got into it i'm still two hours into the game so it's just not dying chopping wood and bashing stones but it's vampires and i love my little fanged terrors we'll report more next week mm. thank you we i play a bit of v rising 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 yeah what did you think of it uh no not for me not for you not for me too much crafting and it was just really, really dark. I think I streamed it and everybody, I think, was there going like, oh, this is dark. <laughs> and then they, they looked for some something I mean, brighter. vampires. I know. It's just, yeah, it's just dark. That's fair. Capped, shockingly, has been playing Tears of the Kingdom. It's been some time since I've just lost hours of my day just exploring the world. Yep. And not really progressing much, but still being engaged at every turn. Having only done one main story part, I'm still finding new things to do and explore really enjoyable experience. 
uh, and explore. I really enjoy. Sorry, Capt has forgotten what punctuation is. Um, I'm Gary. I'm still finding new things to do and explore. Really enjoyable experience thus far. I feel like me and Capt are at similar points. Yeah. And doing similar things of just exploring, which is lovely. Nice. Games Mistress. I've been playing this game called Little Big Workshop, which is basically a factory sim that's cutified. I like that it's easy to play and plays itself a bit, similar to balloons in that way. And I enjoy the challenge and organization of the factory workshop. However, it doesn't allow quite enough customization or variety for it to be something long term. This is just my current keep busy to combat anxiety game rather than something that I think I'll carry a love for beyond my current obsession with playing it. Mm. Interesting. Thank you. Uh, Debs, it's been mainly Tears of the Kingdom for me this week And like Cap said, just exploring the world takes up so much time and is quite enjoyable I haven't done much of the main story, been trying to get most of the map opened up first I still don't know how I feel about the last bottom layer of the map But I am still curious to explore there as well A slight spoiler there from Debs Oh, I think there was a spoiler in chat by Sidious who mentioned an Elden Ring area So I'm guessing it's similar You need to play it a bit more, that's the thing I do so don't spoil it. <laughs> uh, Madam Knees has played some Tears of the Kingdom, but not as much as I would like due to being busy with work, Eurovision, Eurovision Hangover. I feel you on that. Um, D&D and being on holiday in Brussels. Very nice. So far, just unlocked all the towers. Two of the four. And a lot of stuff that I'm not going to say because it's vaguely spoilery. Um, notably more difficult than the first game, but gradually getting easier. Still not at the skill level where I can commit war crimes with my inventions. No. Um, Riley has then added some more. I'm planning on going on a Shrines and Tower adventure when I'm finished with and something that is spoiled. I'm not going to read it just in case. Well, thanks for putting that in there. <laughs> thanks you for spoiling it. Spoilering it and covering yeah, it. That's true. Um, Taunt has given us a very long response, uh, which we love as long as it's opinionated. I've been playing World of Warcraft and Sunhaven. World of Warcraft has had a major patch, so I'm back into raiding again. It's been a lot of fun, but I haven't been able to dig into the M's? M&S. M&S? Marks and Spencers. Sure. As much as I would like to. Uh, But the new raid has been fun, and the little I've played of the new rotation of dungeons has also been pretty fun. It doesn't hurt that I know some of the dungeons already. Sunhaven has been fine. I was playing it in between sessions of Roots of Pasha. However, I think Roots of Pasha makes a much better condensed experience. The spells in Sunhaven feel very slowly doled out and to have a mediocre impact compared to my mana bar. I suspect if I was cooking more, I'd have access to more mana, but that's where I'm at. It's a good game, but doesn't stand out in its genre. Hmm. Uh, in oh. chat, someone says, why did I use World of Warcraft lingo? Um, Dungeons. So the, what? Oh, M-, M plus, I think is like, yeah, M is like master plus. Uh, and then S plus, it's like, I think it's certain levels of dungeon difficulty. Oh. I might be right. If, if I'm right, Torn, tell me. He can have a pat on the back. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, a lot of people in chat say I didn't answer the question today because of like the potential for spoilers i promise i'll go and play a bunch more of tears of the kingdom this next week um and then we'll we won't do spoilers but we can maybe next week we'll talk a little bit more about things that happen maybe a bit further on or we can be in a bit more detail mention a few more of the quest lines or it's like but without talking about the spoiler it's like for example in breath of the wild you get certain abilities when you're completing things and it's like well how far 
like when do you start talking about these can, when can you start talking about the abilities yeah there are certain discoveries in tears of the kingdom of which there will be like multiple of them as there are in like every zelda game um it's just that you haven't got far enough so i don't want to spoil them for you no. well thank you very much you're welcome mythic will... plus is doing increased level of difficulty no there we go mythic not mythic. master i will shield you from spoilers ben thank you thank you thank you That's i will not job. look at the at the chat there we go. All right, should we talk about news? Let's talk about the news. Well, at least Zelda's not going to be in the news anymore. Well, it is for a moment. Um, basically, it's selling really, really well. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thought? Um, it has sold over 10 million units in its first three days. That's worldwide sales, which makes it the fastest selling Zelda game ever. Wow. That is... The previous, the previous, I don't think it was the fastest. I was going to say previous. It's not the fastest, but the biggest selling Zelda game is Breath of the Wild by a mile. Oh, yeah. Before that, it was Twilight Princess. Breath of the Wild. Funnily enough, because Twilight Princess is not that great. Yeah, so Breath of the Wild. I'm trying to think. I mean, that came out, that was a launch. uh, And it also came out on Wii U as well, which definitely helped. What I thought was interesting as well, like the uh, Sheikah Slate in... Breath of the Wild is obviously a Wii U tablet. And yep. then the one, the version that you get in Tis the Kingdom is obviously a Switch. Yep. Which I quite liked. It's cute. Um, which a few people then go and, oh my God, of course, the Sheikah Slate's a Wii U tablet. Because I think a lot of people thought, oh, it, the Sheikah Slate, that's a Switch. It's like, no. No, no, no. It was a Wii U tablet. Yeah. It was clearly meant to be a Wii U game. And then they realized it was doing shit and thought, oh, we need a launch game for Switch. Mm. Um, the thing is, I think the Switch got off to a, quite a slow start actually in hardware sales because people were a bit confused by it. And, People, people are like, well, like it's not going to be strong so... enough. For, it's not as strong enough as my PlayStation that's at home, but also it's handheld, but it's really big and quite clunky. It's like, is this just going to be a yeah. fad? But over time, the Switch has sold really, really well. And I think over that time, people have realized that Breath of the Wild is incredible. And so everyone yeah. has gone and bought either Mario Kart, Animal Crossing, or Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It's like, um, what game? Do you want to play a single player game? Do you want to play a cutesy family game? Or do you want to kind of scream and play Mario Kart? It's Yeah. Or all three. So. It's no surprise that all those people, millions and millions of people love Breath of the Wild and thought, do you know what? I will buy the sequel. Um, So I suspect Tears of the Kingdom could, well, I don't don't know if it will overtake Breath of the Wild, but I think it's going to get pretty close. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. I'm not sure either. Mm. I think Breath of the Wild will, like you say, is the original one that just kind of, people were expecting a lot from a new Zelda game. But I think, uh, do you think they'd been maybe a little bit disappointed with Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword? I mean, Skyward Sword was shit. So, yeah. what yeah. were the previous two? Was it those two? And then obviously, Skyward like, the Sword weird... came before Breath of the Wild, and yeah, Twilight Princess was before that. And then it was all the, like, the Triforce heroes and all that shit. Well, between that, there was a link between worlds, which came out on the 3DS. Yeah, was that the one? Was that... the one with the four people? Four Swords Adventures. Yeah, that was that. That was on the shite. GameCube. No, it was on. There was one on. I'm sure there was one on the 3DS, unless they released that on it. Oh, there was. Yes. Oh, I'm thinking of a different Four Link one. Yeah. Um, yes, no, there was the 3DS one. See me. I know more about Zelda. Um, a Link Between Worlds was a sequel to A Link to the Past, but also basically a remake because it was the same game. Um, but yeah, they made it so you could do the dungeons in any order. So that was kind of a step towards what Breath of the Wild was going to become. Mm. There you go. Yeah, four seasons. I mean, for the next inbox, if anyone would like to know what we would 
like to see next from the Zelda series? That might be an interesting question. Sure, yeah. Just saying. For those of you who don't know, if you are subscribed to us on any of your podcast players like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, um, every Monday we do a an audio-only podcast called Inbox. It's quite short. It's under 30 minutes. And we usually, well, so far we've uh, chatted about three, well, we've answered about three questions that people have submitted. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who has. I'm also going to get a little chat command or a little chat timer popping in. So like every, you know, 40 minutes or so, it'll pop up where, you know, it'll give the link so you can go and submit your questions. But it's swappingjoysticks.com slash inbox. Um, and you can go and submit your question there and we may pick it and talk about it. There we go. Okay. Um, so this week has been all about Zelda and Nintendo. Um, this week, last week, basically no one was releasing much news because you don't want to compete with Nintendo. Um, but next week is all about PlayStation. Uh, so they God. have announced that their PlayStation showcase is going to be next Wednesday. So this will be their version of E3, but it's like two weeks early, isn't it? Yes. So obviously June or at least the summer, tends to be where all the big games companies would do their big showcase. It, my diary, it, used to be, it used to be E3. <laughs> um, E3 is not happening this year. Um, Sony, the last few years, have done their own thing called the PlayStation Showcase, just like Nintendo do with the Direct. Um, and so that is happening next week for Sony. Um, so that is May the 24th, and that is 9pm UK time. So that's 10pm European time. Mm-hmm. And it's 1pm PDT. Pacific. I don't know what that's going to be. East Coast. Uh, I can't count. Yeah, that it's five hours before us, so it's going to be four PM East Coast. There we go. Um, so that is an hour, um, and they are going to be showing a mixture of first-party studios, third-party games, and indie games, PS5 and PSVR two. What would you like to see, or what do you think is going to be there? What What I think is going to be there because it's the only game that they've announced that's we know is coming this year is spider-man 2 so i suspect that that is going to be a big part of this um just because like we don't know a huge amount basically and that's why this is so exciting is that we don't know a lot about what playstation are bringing this year um we, well, microsoft are doing fuck all apart from starfield but we know that starfield's coming and forza oh we know it's um, i think it might be all right it will just be buggy but we don't know too much about well Nintendo Forza, very much or, for, Forza. or for Sony. We don't really know too much. But uh, Spider Man Two is uh, is one that they have said is coming this year. I just know that Spider Man Two is going to be phenomenal. I just know it. Well, it's it's an interesting one because it's big Sony first party studio. It's insom it's Insomniac. Um, it's a big first party game, and also it's I'm pretty sure it's PS5 only when their most recent big games have been God of War and Horizon, which have been crossed with PS4 as well. So mm. this is not the first game that's PS5 only, but it's the first in a while. Um, oh, remember one Ra- of the first? Ratchet and Clank was PS5 only. Demon's Souls was PS5 only. Yeah. What was the one that was uh, that made my finger hurt? It was really, really, really bad. And they gave Godfall. Oh, Mm. I remember that. That was terrible. But no, Um, yeah, this is going to be. So, yeah, there there have already been some PS5 only games, but I think Spider Man 2 is like the next one where they've said, right, we're finally ditching the PS4, PS5 only from now on. So hopefully they can put all their energy and power into that and 
you know, create a game that is a great showcase for the PS5. I am 10 times more excited about Spider-Man than I was about God of War, about Horizon, about Elden Ring. Like I am, and I'm not a massive Marvel fan. very well. We were having a drink yesterday with a friend who is the, I literally think is the biggest Marvel fan. Well, I don't think he's the biggest Marvel fan. He is a big Marvel fan. Very, very big. Yeah, there are certain people that we should introduce him to in the chat. (laughs) I'm sure we'd have a great time. Who's on level like 5,000 on Marvel Snap. That's how I judge whether someone's a Marvel fan or not, is how is what their level is on Marvel Snap. Um, how much does he hate you now, says Moni. I, what did I say? I said something. I don't... Uh, Aram Zola. I was like, I have no idea who that is. Atom Zola? I don't remember. No, I don't. Some random card in Marvel Snap. Yeah. I, I did quiz him by going like, who's this? Like from, from cards from Marvel Snap. And he told me. Great. Yeah. But yeah, you're not a big Marvel fan, but you're looking forward to Spider-Man. I, am I mean, a, I think it's just Insomniac. Yeah. They do such a good job with their games. I mean, it's like, I'm not necessarily a Marvel fan, but I like Spider-Man and I like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, it's just like, you don't just say, yeah, I'm a big, you know, movie fan. I like every single movie. It's like, no, I like my specific things. I like you Spider-Man. Like good games. I like Spider-Man and I like Guardians of the Galaxy. For Marvel. I don't mm. like the Avengers. I don't like Iron Man. I don't like what other ones are there? Hulk. Hulk was does crap. a lot. Uh, a lot. Yeah, no. I didn't like the Hulk one. In terms of other stuff at the PlayStation Showcase, I'm pretty sure they'll probably show Final Fantasy 16 just because it's out, out next month. So it's a big release for them. So I don't think there'll be a big um focus on it, but I'm sure they'll show that. Um, and they've also said PSVR 2, and I think this is going to be actually really important for that because that came out with a handful of launch games which were a bit average. Yeah, Horizon. And um, they haven't really shown much more of what's yet to come. And I think, as as we've seen from playing it, I think the technology of the VR2 headset is incredible, but they just don't have enough original games on it at the moment to really make it worth a purchase. So hopefully at the showcase next week, they can show more VR stuff that's like, wow, okay, that is a game that you want to buy that headset for. So fingers crossed they'll bring something Do you think they will say, here is uh, Half-Life Alex? No. <clears throat> I think Valve will keep that to themselves. But they're not... Well, I think... I don't know. What they, what they need is... Well, they need a, a couple of things that could be the same thing. What they need is a really good first party um sony psvr game with a known ip that isn't just a oh here's a tacked on vr mode like with you know gran turismo it's like no no, this is a from the ground up amazing um vr game they also need an astrobot game and they could essentially be the same thing like if they released a really good astrobot game to really showcase it i think that would really help i would play that instantly yeah i I love astrobot rescue mission i would love to play that so i think i think they need some good psvr stuff but um hopefully we'll see some of that yeah maybe they'll be next wednesday maybe maybe they'll be announcing stuff here that they wanted to bring out at launch that was maybe delayed a little bit yes like beat saber Mm. because that needs to come out so yes next wednesday that is something to look forward to excellent um next up i am excited about this game i'm excited about stealing your water because i've got a dry throat oh wow Mm. Yep. <laughs> Shocking. Um, I'm excited about this next game. Um, I don't think you're going to care about it. Um, 
but oh, yeah, it finally has a release date uh, in October. It's sadly coming out on Friday the 13th. Um, but this is Lords of the Fallen. Now, Ooh. this game actually came out in 2014. It is a Souls-like action RPG, dark fantasy kind of thing. It came out after Dark Souls uh, in 2014. It was a bit shit. Uh, it didn't really do very well. But now there is this new game coming out, which is essentially a complete reboot of it. Um, from the ground up, brand new game with the same name. Um, what is most exciting about it is that it's being developed on Unreal Engine 5, which is the latest Unreal Engine. So it looks incredible. Um, judging by the trailers and stuff, the, the quality of the graphics looks amazing. Um, in terms of its artistic style, it's very soulsy. <laughs> So if you like Souls games, assuming this plays well, it's going to be one for Souls fans. But the graphically, at least, it kind of looks like what Elden Ring should have looked like uh, on PS5. So I'm excited for this just because I really want to see um, sort of how good the graphics can actually be. Yeah, the, yeah, we will see. <clears throat> but I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's just got a terrible name. Um, bit of news in the Microsoft. Um, gonna warn me when you tell me I'm gonna click on an article with Jeremy Hunt's face on it. Sorry. Um, the Microsoft acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, I think it was last week we mentioned. Uh, it was blocked in the UK by the CMA. Um, earlier this week it was approved by the European Union. So it's basically been approved everywhere apart from the UK. And in America, it's also it's also being blocked. Has it been blocked? Well, they're they're trying to block it. Yeah. Um, and basically, it's got a little bit bitchy, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, in that uh, Microsoft and Activision have sort of turned around and essentially kind of blamed the UK and said this proves that you know the UK is not a good place for tech companies and the UK wants to be the Silicon Valley of Europe, and yet you're not allowing companies to start up here. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Microsoft isn't a startup, but okay. Um, and so they've kind of blamed the UK and they're trying to twist it that it makes the UK government look bad, even though the CMA is completely separate to the government and is independent, as it should be, because it's an independent body to verify things. Um, and the UK government have now actually weighed in. And the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt... Um, Jeremy Cunt has um, has said the UK, the CMA has to understand the wider responsibilities and is basically kind of calling on the CMA to be like, are you sure about your decision? Because you're making us look bad, um, which is just kind of amusing. I that, mean, if he criticizes it, then it's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, who's who's telling you to say that? Yeah. Who's I paying mean, you to say earlier that? Earlier in the week, a load of MPs basically grilled the CMA to say, like, why have you blocked this? Uh, and they're this. saying that they're basically saying you're making the UK look bad for business. And the CMA's argument is, well, no, we're trying to stop competition. And if we let this slide, it proves that we're bad for business because we're, we're, we're allowing a monopoly. Sorry, they're trying to create competition yeah. by stopping a monopoly is yeah. what I meant. Uh, and they're basically saying if we if we let this slide, we're going to allow this monopoly. And then that's us not doing our job. And that means we're then not good for business because we're not generating competition. Yeah. Which is the whole point, which I do kind of understand. Oh, they're just all bought. Yeah, basically. Those MPs. Yeah. There'll be somebody behind. Be, it's just, yeah, there's lobbies at Tufton Street and that. And they're just, 
yeah, they're just telling these MPs what to say mm. and what to believe. And it's just so fucking obvious. Yep. And corrupt. But anyway, there's going to be a whole year of Microsoft trying to get around the CMA now, which is going to be really fun for everyone involved. Uh, before we go to the next one, I do. Uh, yeah, I was thinking just a few minutes ago, actually, before Sidia said it. Did you see the Mortal Kombat trailer? I did, and I completely skimmed past it when I was doing my headlines. But yes, um, there is a new trailer for Mortal Kombat, one. which is Mortal Kombat 1. It's the next in the series, but it's a reboot, essentially. It's a soft reboot. Soft reboot. So they're, um, yeah, it, they're kind of bringing it back. Well, it's like it's a sequel, but they just want to kind of reboot it. But it's not, it's not a, like... It's not a remaster or a remake. It's like it's following on, but they're like, hey, let's just, let's not call it like 16. I mean, they, yeah, they got to a super high number of Mortal Kombat. So they might really, as well just call it Mortal Kombat. Imagine Final Fantasy was like, yeah, after 16, we're just going to go back to one. Yeah. It's a bit weird. Um, but also that trailer was hella graphic. I wasn't expecting well, we it. I was were eating, eating... We were eating lunch as we watched the trailer and there was a lot of gore and squelching and juicy blood noises that are uh, interesting when you're trying to eat. It's the most, it was the goriest game trailer I think I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Um, I mean, I will say it doesn't show any gameplay. So it's kind of all about the story of Mortal Kombat. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure people just play Mortal Kombat to see bones being crushed. I don't know. And silly fatalities. I mean, the Street Fighter coming out, there's Tekken, a new Tekken coming out. Do you need well, Mortal Street, Kombat? Street Fighter is next month. Um... Tekken, I think, probably won't be till next... It doesn't have a release date, but okay. it won't be till next year. And I'm sure Mortal Kombat will be at the very earliest, the end of this year, I think, maybe. So um, they won't be competing. Wait, didn't they have a date, actually? Or maybe they did, and they I did. can't remember it. Well, let's um, go and check the thing called Eurogamer. It seems to be working now, so we can have a look. Um, where was it? Did you write about it? Um, it wasn't me, but yes, there is a story. Oh, I'll wouldn't find it. it. Wouldn't go back up and then click on see more articles. Where? Down a bit. Oh, on the crazy. right. Stop. Here. There you go. Right, where is it? Uh, yeah, Death Stranding is free on the Epic Game Store. The, well, you didn't put that on the No, things, because did you? I don't care about Death Stranding, I'm afraid. What? Oh, September. Oh, there you go. It's coming out September. Mm -hmm. September the 19th. And yeah, Death Stranding, go to Epic Store. It's available for a whole week. You can download it for free. And it's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant game, objectively. Sure. Um, some more Sony news. Um, earlier this year, they unveiled their new accessibility controller, which they were calling Project Leonardo. Um, and it looks like it's a really great controller. Mm -hmm. um, it has a joystick. It has this sort of circular wheel of different buttons and everything about it is customizable. Um, and it looks like it's going to be really great for the disabled players who really need that. Um, they, earlier today... Well, today is um, Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Um, and so to celebrate that, they released the name or announced the name of this controller, which is the Access Controller. So PlayStation Access Controller, which is which is a bit confusing when there's also PlayStation Access, the uh, YouTube channel. Um, but they, they finally unveiled the name and they showed off some of the UI um, just to show that you can have different profiles um, and you can customize it in different ways, which is really cool. Another thing is that you can connect it to a DualSense so that if you don't want to just use the access controller, you can use the DualSense and then have the access for some extra bits. Or if you wanted to have someone assisting you, you could use the access controller and then have maybe an able body player um, 
use the the dual sense. So you can basically double team and play with someone, which I think is a really nice feature. Um, mm. So yeah, it's a really great initiative. We still don't have a release date for it yet, no. though, which is a bit annoying. I was reading an article about how like PlayStation are probably not going to even turn a profit on this, but it's not. It's not that. It's, it's not, not for that. that. It's for showing <laughs> like that they want that it is for everyone. Yeah, as as they should be. Gaming should be accessible yeah. for everyone. Seen lots of positivity on it. Good. Um, a bit of Twitch news. Um, they have launched a new alerts feature. So all of your subscriber alerts, follower alerts, boom, 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 boom. You can now do that in Twitch rather than having to use uh, whatever third party you're using, uh, which is nice. It's uh, nice. It it's I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit like Streamlabs OBS, I guess. Like it's kind of all the, well, maybe not the Twitch studio one, but it's obviously missing a load of features that are on Streamlabs or Stream Elements, but it, you know people will like it. For example, I don't think there'll be a way to kind of get your alerts up there if you're not raising money through the Twitch charity button. Um, so maybe if you're using Tiltify or you're using something else, you won't be able to kind of use the customized integration that Streamlabs has. So it's it's still going to be very restrictive. You can turn off alerts and you can like pause them, whatever, but you can't mute them, which you can in Streamlabs. I don't know, I just looked at some of the things and thought, well, it's kind of lacking a load of features and it's a bit half-baked and Twitch do like putting things out that is a, like not as good as the things that they're trying to replace. I guess it's probably there for maybe newer streamers yeah. who want to have alerts quickly and they can just have that integrated within Twitch really easily just to have something. But if you want something more customized, yes, you can go elsewhere for something a bit more complex. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of things that are unique to Twitch. I mean, they have um, alerts for hype trains, which I don't know if Streamlabs does. Mm, not um, that I'm aware of, maybe. Um, but aware but of there that. are also two new types of customization. So there's interactive resubs. So if you're a returning subscriber mm. um, and you type your little message out, that becomes part of the alert. Uh, which is quite nice as long as people don't troll you I too think much. You can do th- well, you can do it on Streamlabs as well. Like it's well, it's possible for you to have people's text below it. Yeah. Mm. And then there's also celebrations where um, an alert comes up, but it triggers an animation of emotes. Uh, and there are different ones if you want, like a shower or a fireworks or whatever else. Um, so there's a couple of extra little, little unique things. Um, but yeah, it's there as a sort of basic version of alerts if you need it. Yeah. What's mm. okay? Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, go on then, tell us about... And the final bit of news um, is for all of you Dead by Daylight fans out there, and that's that Nicolas Cage is coming to Dead by Daylight. Which character? Nicolas Cage. Oh. <laughs> he is literally playing himself, uh, and he's voiced himself as well. Um, so he's done all the voice lines. Um, it is literally Nicolas Cage just, just playing himself as an actor. Um, which is really, really random, but quite funny. Um, he is going to be a survivor. Um, so he's not a killer. He won't be killed mm. by Nicolas Cage. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, um, if you want more Dead by Daylight news, mm-hmm. tomorrow, which is Friday, is going to be their seventh anniversary. Uh, the game has been out seven years. Uh, and they have an anniversary stream every year where they announce what's going to be coming for year eight. Um, so they're going to be announcing basically all of the stuff that's happening um, over the next year. So if you are a Dead by Dead player, then make sure that you watch that tomorrow. Um, or you can go to Eurogamer and read what I've written in advance. Mm. Um, oh, you've already seen it. Maybe. Um, and the Nicolas Cage news was 
I think, meant to be the big finale, and clearly it got leaked, so they announced it early. Um, but now you all know that Nicolas Cage is in Dead by Daylight. Wonderful. All right, well, that is that is us. That's us done. What are your plans for the weekend? Um, I'm going to play some Zelda, and then I might play a little bit of Zelda, and then after that, I think I'm going to finish off with a bit of Zelda. Great, yeah, I don't think I've got any plans. We've got any plans this week? No, we genuinely don't. Actually, I'm dog-sitting on Saturday. Yeah. But that means I will play some Zelda. And potentially doing a sponsored stream. I don't know. They haven't got back to me. Well, they got back to me about something else and ignored their confirmation for that. So we'll see. Uh, but there's no um, there's no Formula One on Sunday because of the flooding in Italy. So I will probably be doing a very long stream of Final Fantasy fourteen then. Yeah. As Shrek says, I would recommend Ed play some Zelda if he hasn't thought about it. Mm. I have thought about that. Um, and yes, Moni, I will be playing Zelda with a dog on my lap. And I'm very excited about that. Yes. Well, I'm glad um, you, you enjoy that. Also, speaking of Zelda, um, I now that I've finished Bloodborne, will be streaming on Monday and I'm going to be starting Zelda. Ooh. But Zelda The Minish Cap, which is the Game Boy Advance game that's now available on Switch Online. And I'm very excited because it's one of those games that I've just never got around to playing. Um and uh and I'm I'm very excited to give it a go. So Never that's gonna be on it. Monday. Great. All right, Ed, where can we find you? You can find me at Ed underscore knights on Twitch and on Twitter. Excellent. And you can find me Biggest Benus on Twitch and Instagram or whatever, but on I'm Biggest Benus one on uh Twitter. Nice. At the moment. So you'll be back on Sunday. I will be with some Final Fantasy. Or potentially Saturday. There we go. Depends. I'll be back on Monday with some Zelda Minish Cap. And we'll also be back next week with another inbox. Yes. So go to swapandjoysticks.com slash inbox. Submit your questions there and we will put out a, uh, a podcast on probably on Monday night um, where we go and chat and answer your questions. Please send us some questions. Make it newsy. Make it exciting. Make it interesting. Yeah. Like it could be related to something that's like happening right now. It could be like what? Okay. You know what do you think of, you know, Mortal Kombat going and rebooting itself? Like something as simple or as like as kind of current as that? Or just a generic question like, what's your favorite uh, fizzy drink? Up to you. Whatever you want to know. Apple ties. That's a very good shout, yeah. Or uh, for me, it is the Dr. Pepper Zero with cherry. Gross. Dr. Pepper is amazing. Absolutely not. Well, get your questions coming. You just like, so you literally pick the one that comes in like a fucking glass bottle and gets served like as though it's posh wine. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. All right. See you all next week. Get your questions coming. Bye. Keep swapping. Oh, we're still doing, we're doing that again. Yeah. Okay.